may be seated. It's after a time like that, you almost don't even know what to say, right? To be able to see and hear those words that I give you my life, I give you all of it, I'm not holding anything back, I'm all in, I'm saying yes to Jesus, is something that is so incredibly powerful. You know, this morning, as we already said, we're, we have the baptism. We're going to have the reconciliation of a marriage following the service. All of these things are because individuals have said yes to Jesus. Now, here's my question. Have you said yes to Jesus? Have you said, I'm all in? Because understand that in this moment, what we saw here is an is a footstep into what God is planning to do in their lives. You know, it's interesting because a lot of times we look at baptism as just one of those obedience type things. Well, you know, the Bible says I have to do it, so therefore I'm going to do it, I'm going to get wet. And then really there's minimal change that happens. But we understand that baptism, when you look at what the cultural aspect of it was in the day, what baptism meant was that I was actually buying into, I was believing wholeheartedly, I was going to be a part of whoever that teacher was. And I was going to say that I am all in for that person. And so when we baptize one another in, in this, this way today that we do, believer's baptism, what we're saying is, Jesus, I'm all in. I want to be a part of advancing your kingdom. I want to be a, a part of making heaven grow. You heard about Eternity 101, the class that we, we were in, that really the concept of that is heaven is, is real. Eternity is really long. I mean, really, it never ends. It, it's all that's there. And we have an incredible opportunity to impact people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Saying yes to Jesus is extremely powerful. And for the moments that we have, I I invite you to turn with me to Luke chapter 13. Because I want to look at what it means, what impact the multiplication that an individual has as they, like they did this morning, saying yes to Jesus. What kind of an impact does that have? Luke chapter 13, starting at verse 18. This is called the parable of the mustard seed and the yeast. Very short little parable. Then Jesus asked, what is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? It is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in the garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds perched in its branches. Again he asked, what shall I compare the kingdom of God to? It's like yeast that a woman took and mixed into 60 pounds of flour until it worked through the dough. Now you look at that and you go, I don't really get that. That's kind of weird, you know. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed and and like a yeast. Now if, if you've looked at this... There's some really interesting truths about this. Notice the impact that something very small has, a large impact. The small, the mustard seed, understand that the mustard seed was considered at that time to be the smallest plant seed that they knew of. 
But yet it grew sometimes to be a rather large plant, a tree, some would say, or a, or a large bush. And so something so small had such a great impact. Yeast, have you ever looked at yeast, a, a piece of yeast? You know, those of you who are bakers, you know what I'm talking about. You, there's all these little dots in that jar or in that whatever. You, you put that in there, and how something so small can make that dough rise, and you have to keep beating it down because it keeps getting bigger. It has a huge impact. And so this is the point, is when we say yes to Jesus in a simple way, the impact is going to be huge. The law of multiplication for the kingdom of God is not one that is very difficult. As a matter of fact, one of the things that we see in this passage is that in order to have that impact, we just have to have simple faith. Simple faith. Nothing that has to be this huge, you know, we think, well, if God's going to use me, then, then you know what? I, I need to be this theologian. I need to be able to know everything. And, and that's not what God's calling. That's not what he's looking for. You know, the reality of it is the gospel message, whether it comes out of the mouth of a person who accepted Jesus Christ yesterday or the one who's been a Christian for 40 years of their life, it's the same gospel. It's the same story. The faith is still the same faith. All Jesus is simply here and wanting to hear us is to say, yes, I'm all in. I want to be a part of this. Paul tell, or the, the author of Hebrews, he says in Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. Now that doesn't sound too difficult, does it? Faith is understanding, you know what, God said it, therefore I believe it. I don't need to have all of this other stuff. I just simply need to know that I believe that God is going to do it. And it's interesting because when we look at this faith that God is calling us to, it's interesting because rarely does God ever, or Jesus in his walk, does he ever pull out somebody who is very, you know, very mature, very strong in their faith and say, this is what your faith should be like. As a matter of fact, in Mark, in Mark chapter 10, verses 13 through 16, we see something very opposite. You actually see Jesus is, is talking with the kids, and it says, you know, he's letting them come up to him, and, and all of a sudden the, the disciples and those that are there get upset, and they say, Jesus, get rid of the kids. They're just, they're just causing problems. And what was Jesus' response? I love it. What are you guys thinking? I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms and placed his hands on them and blessed them. That's the faith. Because understand what it happens. You talk to a child, right? And you sit there and you say to them, here's what the Bible says. Do you believe that Jesus loves you? Ask any kid that's been in church for any period of time that, do you love Jesus? Yeah. Does Jesus love you? Yep. Why? Because the Bible tells me so. <laughs> Their answer doesn't go to, well, you know, there's this evidence that came to this and, and way back when. No. I believe it because the Bible told me so. What happens is the older we get, we begin to ask those questions, right? Well, how can I be sure? 
How do I know that actually? And all of a sudden, the next thing we know is we are going down this path of, in order for me to have faith in God, I need to have the evidence first. And Jesus says, no, no, simple faith. All I need you to know is that I exist, I love you, I sent my son to die for you. That's it. Simple faith is what he asks. But then he says the second part of this, in this parable, we see that after simple faith, what requires is a simple one step of obedience. Just take the next right step. You know, we we like to complicate things, don't we? We like to, to make things more difficult. I love teaching and being around kids. Wednesday nights when we have journey going on and, and you see, the, the funny part of this is if you're a teacher of a kid, it's kind of fun, right? Because you can go up to a kid, you can have your class there and you're like, okay, kids, this week when you go home, I want you to show your mom how much you love her by cleaning your room, right? Now, when they're kids, little kids, they're like, oh, what a great idea. Let's go home, and I can show mommy that I love her, and I'm going to clean my room. And, you know, when mom asks that, they're like, but when the teacher says it, because they know that it pleases Jesus, they're going to go home, and they're going to do it, and they're going to be so proud of it. Anders, have you ever tried that with the youth? (laughs) You try that with a youth or a young adult, and they're going, wait a second. The Bible does not say thou shalt not clean your room. You know? You know, it's, it's all of a sudden. But when we look at this, the simple next step of obedience is what we are called to do. James, I love the book of James, and you know that because James is so real in the way that he applies things. And in James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25, he says these words, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Notice what Paul is saying. He goes, you know, faith requires action. Faith requires the next step of obedience. Are we ready to do that next step? It doesn't have to be a huge step. It's a simple step. For some, that step was saying yes to Jesus and being baptized this morning. Paul in Galatians 6, 7 through 9 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please the flesh, from flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Now listen to what he says. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I like it. You know what? Just do the next right thing. Lynn used to work at what was called the Wellness Way. It's a clinic where some people, I understand, believe that it's more hooky-kooky and natural kind of, you know, maybe (laughs) weird stuff. Um, But one of the things that they did was they would test and they would have this, it was a food test, and this food test would come back and would say, hey, these foods cause problems in your body. I'm not going to go into all the details, okay? Just basically, these foods, not good for you, stop eating them. All right. Now, what do you think most people would do? 
They'd get the report back. Now, I got my report back this several years ago, and you know what was on my list? Chocolate. That's like asking a fish to live out of water. That doesn't work well. Chocolate was my best friend. Well, my second best friend. My wife is my best friend. My second best friend was chocolate. (laughs) And this guy's telling me, Pete, you can't eat chocolate for the next nine months. I was faced with this question. (laughs) Is this real? (laughs) You know, it's interesting that how many times Lynn would come home from work and tell me a story about someone who was told of something that was hurting them badly, and they would sit there with the doctor going, okay, how's about we make a deal? I won't eat all these other things like broccoli and cauliflower, because I don't like them anyways, but I can still eat this, this right? I mean, as long as I don't do those things. And, and there was this compromise that was going. And really, the bottom line that the doctor had to say is, you know what, if you want to experience the healing that this is supposed to do, you have to take each one and you have to be all in. You can't just pick and choose the things that you want to do. You need to do the next right thing. Then you will be able to experience the healing that comes. See, in this, in this parable, this is what he's saying. I mean, if I kept the yeast in the jar and didn't apply it to the dough, what would happen to the dough? Absolutely nothing. How simple it is, the next step is just to drop that in and to cause it to happen. This is what Jesus is saying. He goes, you know what? You took the next step in your obedience to me. And you know what? That is great because by your simple faith and your next step, this is where it gets exciting. That results in God-sized results. God is the one that will accomplish what he purposes through. We, you realize... That it is God who accomplishes the results, not you, right? I think sometimes we get that back reversed. As a matter of fact, Jesus, when he comes to Peter, we love this passage in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, where he comes to Peter and he says, I tell you, Peter, uh, your name will be Peter, and on this rock, what? I will build my church. He doesn't say to Peter, on this rock, on this thing, Peter, as you do everything, you will increase the church. No, it was, I will build my church. Peter, if all you simply do is take the next step of obedience, and you do that in faith, simple faith, you know what? I will accomplish great things, and I will grow my church. In Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, Jesus even said, because you have so little faith, I tell you that if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Now, how much faith did he say that would require? Enough to step into a tank of water and say yes to Jesus. If you even have this little amount of faith and you believe that I can do it, that mountain can move. 
that insurmountable problem that is before you can disappear. All of the things that I can accomplish through you would be great because that is God's result. Look in the Bible and you will see time and time again incredible stories of God-sized results because people did simple faith next steps of obedience. The disciples, for example, a lot of these guys, I mean, we often think that they were these great, you know, old guys, long beards, and they were, you know, but you realize when Jesus called them and when he first set them off into ministry, some of them were in their early 20s, possibly even teens. And he said, just by simply knowing that I am who I said I am, I'm sending you out. And they changed the world. We are sitting in this building today because a few young people decided to say yes to Jesus. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You guys know that story. Those guys were young men, likely teens in that moment. And they knew that the next right step, they knew by faith that they could not kneel down to the image of the king. And God changed a nation through them. Jeremiah the prophet was 17 years old when he began being a prophet for, for God, sharing what God was telling to the people, and he became one of the greatest of the prophets. Esther was a teen when she became queen and with one simple act of obedience by going into the presence of the king, she saved her people from destruction. David, a young teen, was the one person in a whole army that believed that God could win the battle. And he stood before a giant. He stood before a mountain. And in simple faith, simple obedience, took down the giant and had one of the greatest military victories known. Joseph, as a teen, was sold into slavery. He could have just given it all up and just said it's all not worth anything. But because of his faith in God and because of the next right step that he kept taking all the way through, God used him to save Multiple nations from famine. And there's many more that we could go. You've got Samuel. You've got Jonathan. You've got Mary. You've got Josiah, an eight-year-old boy who became king and reformed a nation for God. Why do I say this? Because it doesn't have to be the guy that's old, gray, long beard that God uses. It doesn't have to be the person that knows every single Bible verse out there. God's law of multiplication is simply this. Be a person of simple faith. Take the next step of obedience, whatever that is that God is calling you to, and allow Him to have the massive results. Because in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 7, it says, So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. Small faith. Step of obedience. God-sized results. You saw seven individuals this morning that walked right through that. That was their story. In a little bit, just a few moments, you're going to hear from two as they reconcile a marriage because they said yes to Jesus. What's your story?
what's the thing that maybe God is asking you? What's the next step of obedience? Maybe for some of you, it's right there. Maybe like Justin, your thing has been, I've been for a long time saying, I know I need to do it. I just haven't had the courage. Maybe it's going to that neighbor and saying, you know what, I need to tell you about something very special to me. Whatever it might be, do the next right thing. And watch God do the amazing results. God wants to do great things through your simple faith and your steps of obedience. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise You for the ways that You are at work. We thank You that You don't call us to to be more than what You created us to be. And that we know that when we simply say yes to You, that incredible things are going to happen. Lord, this morning as these seven shared their testimony, life's changed. Ways in which You impacted their lives through the years. And and today they simply said, I want to declare my love for You. Lord, would You take them in their simple act of faith, their step of obedience this morning, and would You use this day as a launching pad for what You intend to do through them for Your kingdom. And Lord, maybe there's others of us in this room today that we know what the next step is that You have been gently prodding us to. May we take that next step and trust that You will do what only You can do. Lord, would You work in our lives and in our hearts. In Your name we pray. Amen.